Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the show. Great to have you along. Something very cool today, which I'm looking forward to sharing with you, is uh, my guest today, Jason Jacobs. Jason is a fascinating guy, originally from the United States, now living in beautiful Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, an incredible business called Dance Break and the website dancebreak.de. But before we get into what it is, how it works, and then some of the ideas we're going to you know, brainstorm a workshop, let me firstly start by saying, Jason, thank you very much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be with you. Yeah, brilliant to have you along. So for context, yeah, I said you're from the United States. Whereabouts? I'm from upstate New York, so a little town outside of Rochester. Nice. And then I gather a long time ago, you moved to to Germany. Is that right? Yeah. Originally moved to a town called Kassel. Then I moved to London. Then I moved away. And then I moved back to Gießen in Germany. And then very quickly back down to Frankfurt, where I've been for about 10 years. Wow. Yeah. I love Frankfurt. Wonderful spot. Maybe the coldest night I've ever experienced was in Germany. I visited some friends there. They took me to a football match. Snow was on the pitch. It was minus 15. I had to just use the hand dryers in the toilets at half time just to defrost a bit. So, <laughs> But a wonderful spot, wonderful spot. So yeah, can you give us some context to Dance Break? Because it's very, very different to the SaaS product or an employment compliance company. But your focus is on helping employees and employers manage their workforce, but in a very, very different way. So let me just sit back and can you give us a background to the formation of Dance Break through an MBA program, I believe, and to where it is now? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it is a bit of a different product. And I also have a bit of a different background. I come from a professional dance background, so not really a business background. But two years ago, I decided to study an MBA to sort of learn best practices from the business world and try to sort of appropriate them and bring them back to the field of arts. And while I was in this program, the pandemic hit and a lot of our our courses switched from being in person to being online. And the director of our program was trying to teach us an accounting seminar and he noticed everybody was falling asleep. And so he privately wrote me on the side, hey, everybody's suffering. You have this dance background. Can you do something to get them energized, to like help me teach them accounting and finance? And so I started with this format just for my colleagues something we called executive moves, where I would teach them about 20 minutes of movement before we would start to study. And it had some resonance and people were into it. Uh, Maybe not everybody, but about 40% of the the cohort of 45 people. And then the questions came, will you, can you turn this into a business model? Like how would you monetize this or develop it further? And then of course, in the program, we had a chance to do a thesis project. And this is where I formed my team and we started to build what is now Dance Break which is really about helping people who are suffering from sitting in front of the computer all day long, may have back pain or neck pain or low energy, or, you know, the will to live is, you know, draining away from endless Zoom meetings. And we come in with this format that is unusual. It's a guided movement, like a bite-sized guided movement energy break where you have a live dance trainer or dance artist who's leading you through Zoom or some other format with music and with very simple movement. 
in the sense that it's connecting you back to three-dimensional space, getting you out of the screen, and getting you to connect to your yourself. Nice. So I, you've got live and recorded sort of models, is that right? That's right. Yeah, originally we, we thought we would have two pillars. We would have sort of a digital library where you could go in with a specific issue that you're having, like you're really tired or maybe you're very nervous or you're about to do a presentation and you want something that calms you down or maybe opens you up that you could immediately through our library type keyword and then you would get served up like a custom tailored video for that. But what we found in our iteration is that what's much more sort of easy to understand and access is the energy of a live session. And so until now, we've really been focusing our product primarily on like live, short duration Zoom movement sessions. Got it. And so going through an MBA program, the sales and marketing is a big component of that. It's a new business. What have you done so far in terms of the marketing of the business? We have a LinkedIn company page. We have a website. We've started to collect email addresses to have a mailing list, so we're really targeting directly through mailing lists. Done a lot of cold calling, and that is actually the, where the moment that I wanted to reach out to somebody like yourself that has a bit of expertise of how the HR field works to understand how to get to that target. In our thesis research, we understood this concept of HR newsletters to try to get ourselves onto an HR newsletter so this product could be featured for other people that might be looking for something. But I think the distance between being a startup and really testing proof of concept and if there is any type of product market fit to then being in a place where you can sort of present to real potential customers, there's a bit of a, a divide that we're trying to stretch. Yeah, yeah got it. So when, when I work with businesses, we sort of work through a framework of the positioning and the offers first and then some conversion stuff, which sounds like you've already got in place with some of the email systems and, and you know getting that website and so on up and then it's unpaid and paid marketing channels and then you know scaling up from there but mm -hmm. it's, it's absolutely that first section that positioning and the offer part that is just so important and I found this time and time again after all conversations with across all, a range of HR related businesses whether that is software companies or consulting firms or recruitment whatever it is other firms and types of businesses, they're in really competitive markets. So you're very different. You have your own challenge because it's a new type of business in a new field. So you've got your own barriers to break through. Other ones, it may be easier. It may sound easier, but in fact, they've got way more competition. So it's really hard for them. And time after time, it comes down to what's the positioning of it and then the offering. Now, I know you've been doing a lot of thinking about the positioning. What In the MBA, I guess you probably you came across the use cases scenario where you're trying to look at how the businesses use a product in different ways. So it may be, yes, back pain. It may be employee motivation. It may be an employee benefit that they can have on their menu items. What are some of the, the positioning offerings that you saw and you think may have more traction than others? Yeah, I think it, it is exactly that. It's a, a perk. So a company has to sort of have this mentality that their employees want more than just a good paycheck. And that maybe their employees also want to see that the company cares about their well-being and maybe even understands this very contemporary and real aspect that the better an employee feels, you know, the better they're going to work, the more productive they're going to be. And I think another sort of very important current thing is, is a switch to working from home at home office. 
is that you start to have this dispersal and people are, are isolated for many hours a day, working even more, even doing lunch in front of the screen instead yeah. of going and taking a walk through, through the city. And I think here we can also position Dance Break as an alternative to, to not just break up an individual working from home to stand up and move around and maybe laugh and learn something that could help their neck pain, but also to connect with other people again. So it could also be this perk that helps to, in these spaces where there's new working modes that are important for this and this reason, you can still really generate almost an embodied, it's still digital, served digitally, but it's an embodied experience sharing with others. I think that this is an important new concept. And like you said, it's going to be difficult to implement because we have to explain it. We have to sort of understand why is it. We know it's, we know sitting is not good and moving around is probably good. But what is this movement thing and why would you call it dance break? So th these are the sort of hurdles we're running into. Who would you say would be your main competitors? And I don't mean companies, but I mean things and other stuff out there, other options. I think you could by radically shortening the workday, then that could be competition. Like if the people just weren't sitting for so long or things like corporate yoga or yoga at work, meditation at work, because mm -hmm. there is this aspect of bringing you back to your body out of the screen. Mm. Fitness, a high intensity training, all of these things are sort of spinning in the same circle. Even an espresso or a coffee machine could be seen as competition because you take your break to leave your computer, to go to the kitchen, to make coffee. And we're saying you could take the coffee or you could stand up for five minutes, 10 minutes and move with some other people. And it had a similar effect, but maybe the dance break because of all of these other aspects of moving your body and thinking about movement and music and seeing other people, there could be another benefit that a coffee doesn't supplement. Yeah, certainly the move to the remote work and the seeing other people, as you said there, that's an important one, isn't it? The getting that connection for companies that have gone more remote work than others. Yeah, I see this. We have now these free trial sessions that we do every Wednesday and Thursday. And every Thursday afternoon, we have one participant that's always coming back since two or three months since we've started this. She keeps coming back. And at first, she did not turn her camera on. This is fine from our side. You can have camera on or off. But over time, she started to turn the camera on. And we spoke a little bit after a couple of the sessions. And I saw it in her face how much of a need this was fulfilling. Because she says even before pandemic, she's always been in this isolated working from home environment. And she has a history of dancing or moving somewhere back in, in her life story. And to be able to come back to that, not feel alone, connect to her body, even though she was stuck at home, really seemed to be a meaningful shift for her, something now that she really looks forward to. And then for the offers side of things, I'm guessing you've got the one-off type stuff, maybe, hey, everyone, we put on a special event this Friday, come along and we've got something from Dance Break, but you prefer to have an ongoing subscription model or a you know retainer type service. What are the offers or the structures you've either got or tried or thinking about? Well, right now we have two times a week for whoever is accessing that. And that's really B2C, it's an open Zoom session. But what we would like, our next phase is to really go into customizing projects for certain companies. And we're negotiating with one company, a private university, to offer them two or three times a week and the time frame that they decide. So we talk with them and we decide, okay, 1130 seems to be ideal for the majority of 
who you think would be interested. And then we try to tailor it, very unscalable at this point, just to establish sort of how we communicate with them and how we prove that the practice is what helps. Doing a one-off is fun, it's great. Um, tomorrow I will go to the co-working space in Frankfurt, Mindspace. It's a Tel Aviv-based startup. They have co-working spaces. And that'll be a one-off to sort of just give us some visibility and, and test it on some participants that we haven't seen yet. But I think it really is something like finding a company that wants to do it every Wednesday, once a week, or twice a week, or three times a week, or four times a week, and then understanding what that does for their culture, for their work culture. Because I keep coming back in my mind to the employee engagement. Every company, they go through these either annual, quarterly, sometimes pulse employee surveys and things like that. And there's always going to be a section on there around employee motivation, energy, health and wellness. And that's only going to get bigger and bigger. You know, and there's possibly you know connections to diversity and inclusion as well. When you have been doing these cold calls to the HR people, what have been the angles, not necessarily all the wording, but what's the lead benefit or lead issue you've been promoting to them? For sure, it's a motivation and energy and back pain and things like this, because people can relate to it and people try, companies try to find solutions to this. Yeah. And what we've gathered so far from our interviews is their solutions don't have a lot of pickup. They don't have a lot of interest from the employee side. We were speaking with one finance company and they said, there's problems with your offering because of dance and people are going to get very turned away from that wording. And then within a week of our conversation, they started to offer a stretch break or something. So they really reacted very quickly, pivoted and then formed their own response, which I found was interesting. It really shows there is a need, like there is a need and this is a large company and they want to sort of find a solution. I don't know if their stretch break will have a lot of traction but I did take that as a good sign that people are moving in this space. People understand the value needed. We've talked with some smaller tech startups and they have a different argumentation where they say, well, everybody's been working from home for a very long time and they have their uh, rituals. So everybody either wakes up and runs 10 kilometers or however many miles and then, or goes swimming after work. So we don't need this type of offer. Again, what we're trying to position is this intermittent interruption to the workday that actually produces the benefit. Plus there's also that combined benefit of getting everyone involved in that motivation side of things. What's the actual pitch that you put in? So you call them up, what do you say to them? What are the words? I sort of say, we are Dance Break. We're this new Frankfurt-based startup focused on employee well-being through guided movement sessions. So we're trying to intervene in your workday, offering you these live movement sessions to energize, to motivate, reduce tension and stress, and help your employees feel better. This is kind of like my quick pitch that I'm trying to develop a bit further. And then they go, okay, either no thanks, tell me more, one of those two things. What do you say next? Then I say, we have running these two weekly sessions. So if you are interested and you want to really experience the service or the product, Join us Wednesday at 11.45 or Thursday at 3, or get in touch, or we can work together and try to find a time that would fit you, and I'm happy to give like a custom session to you and your team. And how many of those calls have you made? Yeah, I'm at the beginning. I'm at the beginning, so maybe yeah. 20 or, or 30. Yeah, okay. And what's the reaction rate? So most of them are saying no thanks at the moment, I'm guessing. Most of them are, are not answering or saying things like, hey, this sounds like how you introduced the podcast. Really interesting thing here. 
where we don't have space for it at the moment, or we have a full portfolio of benefits for our employees, but we'll keep you in mind. Or I passed it around the group and nobody wants to dance. I've also, we've also received that. Mm -hmm. Or things like, you know, I don't have a good relationship with our HR director, so I'm scared to propose it to her, but I'm going to keep coming to the free session. So we've had the whole range of these types of responses. Mm -hmm. And we always add this survey, right? So every free session, we had a survey and of the, I don't know, 50, 60 people that have filled out the survey, it's overwhelmingly, I loved it, like the experience. And then it's about when we ask, would you pay for it? Then it gets a bit more mixed. Then it's about 60%, a solid 60 something percent say, yes, we pay for it. And then there's a larger group of, I don't know. Yeah. So we're trying to understand where is that willingness to pay getting a bit stuck? Is it because they're trying to imagine, well, if my HR would cover it, I wouldn't have to pay for it? Yeah, I'd see it as two two things. One is um, everyone wants their company to pay for it. You know, If you can avoid paying for something, that's great and still get the benefit, then that's the perfect world. And then the other side is that the bell curve, one end of that bell curve, the people who just won't turn up, and you know that, yeah. and it's just not their thing. And the other end, when we start talking about it, I could think of former people I've worked with and they would be you know, chewing off your arm just to get in and that'd be you know paying a year in advance type stuff, but it's the bell curve part, and it's that it's the larger body in the middle that you're trying to attract, and then that comes down to the positioning, how Absolutely. to make it connected to not just the HR. HR, yes, they've got to improve employee benefits and health and wellness and so on, but they then need it to sell it to their internal offer to their internal audience, and as you said, it's the HR director, but the HR director has to sell it to the CEO and the CFO, but they also have to sell it to the wider group of employees to the workforce themselves but in your cold call that you've been making sort of that process one is telling them about the business and then the second one is actually you know you can turn up to these free things or we can put on something special for you and it's probably that second one i suspect i'd love to test because i'm all about testing stuff whether you do that by phone call or by messaging or email or whatever is there a way of coming up with some crazy offer that i suspect you already know that companies would love to test this out at a, at a corporate event just to do a one-off or a pilot or something like that. In my experience, either my business or businesses that I've worked with have picked up so much more follow-on business by having the foot in the door offer. And I'm wondering what kind of the one-off stuff that gets the foot in the door that gets a large part of that bell curve involved. And they say, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not really a dancer, but I'm going to turn up to this because it's a bit of fun and it'll be something. And then they get up there and they go, Actually, I quite enjoyed this and, and I felt that I got out of the chair and I did that stretch-a-thon thing you made me do last week. That was awful. But here I had some fun. <laughs> last week, I didn't put on the camera because I'm not a dancer, you know. But this week, it was great and it was nice to have the team involved and since we've all gone remote. But mm-hmm. you've got to get them there first. Yeah, absolutely. I think th- there's a few attempts that I've tried. So so I was telling you before the call with Schweizer Electronic, we were invited to their sort of executive weekend. And this was a great moment to have really the people at the top of this company move and sort of jump over their shadow and then afterwards have this experience of like, hey, that was kind of weird and fun. Yeah. If that translates into a customer or some sort of continuous relationship that hasn't worked out yet, but that is the hope. And sometimes when I pitch the idea, I immediately say, hey, let's stand up. That's something you and I could do now. If we wanted to, we could stand up and we could try to sort of, I could convey through physically experiencing it. Yeah. Because th- this is also something we're running into 
Dance Break is currently part of the Frankfurt School of Finance and Management. They have a new entrepreneurship center, and we're in what they call the incubator. And the director of the center has no interest in dancing at all. He told me that from the start, but he sort of liked my profile and my background. He thought, I like the freaks. I'll invite you. <laughs> and since he started joining these sessions, he's become a really converted fan. Like he looks forward to it, it's something, and he, he trusts himself to dance and move. So we've had these small examples of people who have done it that it's changed them. There's also another sort of investor figure and coach for this center, comes from finance, and uh, he had similar things. He was looking himself for something to do because he was having a lot of pain, and he started to join the session, and he himself enjoyed it. But he said, you'll never be able to sell this for this and this reason. It's very alpha, and that finance is very alpha male, and your product is not nearly alpha male friendly enough. So you'll have to sort of work on that, work on the wording, try to sell it as a productivity break or something, or a productivity enhancer. And so we've played around with these things, but I really do feel that we could say, this is your productivity break from dance break. But for me, there's something about the value of movement that really is sort of core to my vision of, of why it's important and why, why I'm on, on this journey to like mm. spread it around to a different target group. And therefore, I think there is this sticky place of trying to educate a market while at the same time we're trying to find this market fit. And like you said, the positioning, which is so important. Yeah, it's the positioning, but it's so more and more I'm thinking over the last 12 months, it's around the positioning, but you've got to have the offer because you can have, we suit the exact target market. We know everything about them and the psycho demographic data, blah, blah, blah. But unless you've got the offer that gets them off the chair and either to pay or to attend, to refer it on and say, let's do this, then it's not quite there yet. I don't know. My gut reaction is around the two different components. One is that special offer to the buyer, whether that's the CEO, the CFO, the HR leader, some sort of crazy off, or it is that executive group or something one-off thing and probably a paid event, but trying to package it in such a way that it'd be crazy not to do it, or it's an, a way to make their other events just stupendous, really incredible. But then also, is there a way to get onto the benefits list as a supplier so there's not necessarily weekly company events because they probably have fear of, oh, people are going to dwindle away or it's going to be very hard sure. to sell internally and that bell curve thing. But yeah. the more of them at that top end of the bell curve, they, they're going to be very passionate advocates for the thing and then could potentially refer it on and you've got more use cases and stuff. So one is getting the foot in the door with these things and yeah. then getting onto their buyer list. Yeah, this I like. I like this focus that you have iterated now of really clarifying what is that foot in the door? What is that event? So that we're not immediately trying to sell them something like come back and do this 15 minute thing every week. Mm -hmm. But that we also have an idea, this like enticement program that is this 30 minutes or this, yeah. whatever this is, locks you in because you see the value of it. That could be a good next step for me. And I know you've been thinking about this endlessly. So, and you've probably got a lot of data anyway. So, I'm not telling you anything new there, but I just keep thinking back to this sales book I read a couple of decades ago. And it was really, really basic, but it was listing out all these sales techniques, closing techniques, and, you know, terrible stuff. But I always remembered <laughs> one called the puppy dog close. Uh, you have a pet store or something and you're trying to sell dogs, get the puppy into their hands. And once it's in their hands, like, oh, I can't put this down. I have to 
so it's trying to get them to use it in some way. And so I would almost be in the cold calling, the cold messaging, any advertising, any promotions and things like that. It would, my, my thought would be that I would be leading straight with that, that it's, yeah. yeah, we have this, it's an employee engagement or health and wellness program based on dance, but I can tell you about that later, but we're doing a, a one-off thing and it's just for summer or it's just to get people back from, and you, you just keep refraining. It's a summer thing. It's a lead up to Christmas thing. It's a Christmas benefit. It's a new year's resolutions thing. You keep rolling, but it has to be finite because people will never take action if they can turn up any Wednesday that they want or any Thursday that they want, you know? Whereas that sort of a FOMO thing, a fear of missing out element. So if going to the next item that I typically work on is around you know, conversion and the optimization, stuff like that. So you've already got some examples, for instance, from the business school, the leader there could be anonymous and stuff, but that's a classic case study that I would love to see on the website. I know you've got stuff happening on LinkedIn and, and social media, and you've got the email newsletter thing, but I think people who would be potential buyers would love to see something like that front and center, even homepage. They want to see a cynic, someone like them who thinks this is never going to work here and this is not going to suit me. And then they see it and go, oh, actually, oh, nice. um, yeah. continue reading on. And then just say you got a really sweet offer that in the consulting world, it's the lunch and learn thing. Pay us X hundred dollars or thousand dollars or free, whatever you want to do. Come in and give a special presentation to your executive team or to an employee group, whatever it may be. For one hour, you're going to learn a lot of information. Once you're in there, if you can't win more business, then it's going to be a struggle anyway. But once you've got a really strong offer like that, that could be a way of replacing something like that. But then how to get that in front of others. So you mentioned cold calling. What else were you doing to get in front of other organizations? Were you doing any partnering with other groups? Teaming up through networks. And now we have this thing where we're approaching all the co-working spaces in Frankfurt to see if we can just get this FaceTime to do like a, a one-off event and see if that finds some sort of traction. We uh, joined a few of the local the Goethe University here in Frankfurt had an mm -hmm. entrepreneurship conference. So we set up a booth and immediately started just dancing with whoever would come near our booth <laughs> to sort of get some traction, get some awareness that this thing is out there and get people on our mailing list. So a lot of it has really been trying to actually get people that we can then, you know, approach. Yeah. We're slowly getting busy on Instagram because we realize even a very little bit on Instagram, because it's a visual um, product, what we're offering, it is movement-based, then we need to really sort of capitalize on how we can use that space, that sort of imagistic space of showing these are the movements and it has this impact. Where I'm from in Australia, there used to be this ad for a clothing shop and it just just a, it was pretty much a menswear clothing store and that's boring. It's nothing particularly stylish. So how on earth did they compete? And all they ever did was they would run some TV advertising every so often, every month, every couple of months on an ad where it would be something ridiculous, like ridiculously cheap socks or something, or like these, um, the German, you're in Germany. So the, the German supermarket chains, Aldi and Lidl, is it Lidl or Lidl in Germany? Germany is Lidl. Lidl. But those companies, they we have weekly promotions of items that you can go in to buy. So I went in to pick up some cereal for my breakfast and I came away with a chainsaw and some um, <laughs> new socks. But the point is that they have these very attractive foot in the door offers that then flow on. So yeah, you can be partnering up with all the entrepreneurship groups and things like that. But if we could find some super attractive, it might be like that executive group that you ran before you, but you had a sample size of one. 
Mm-hmm. So it may be that thing. It just didn't work in that organization. Yeah. What are your thoughts on what could be that perfect offer? Because that's what I'm stuck on. I think there needs to be something accessible. So we need to find the channel that is getting to the people that are feeling isolated and lazy and might have some type of willingness to move, either because they love dancing or moving or they like a certain type of music. And so I think one pathway that I was thinking is to approach yoga studios where you know people are already a bit body conscious and either have an event or have a very attractive flyer or something that immediately locks people in. So we we have little cards now with QR codes and the QR codes take you to our live events. But here, like you said, this is a live event that's happening weekly. So it doesn't necessarily have that, uh, that buildup. You know, this event is happening in two weeks. It's a big event. Yeah, that's different though. So that's more B2C, in which case you can start to use a few different sales mechanisms like special offers, you know, for the next three days only, you get your first one is free or, you know, all that kind of discount stuff that works, but it doesn't really work in the B2B world because it gets run by committee and stuff. But true. I don't see any reason why you couldn't do B2C and B2B at the same time. You'd have to think about that one, but absolutely yoga businesses and partnering up with things like that. Or do HR, I mean, you're, from your HR experience, do they have things like they must have these uh, conventions, like an HR convention to try to get my foot into an HR convention where a bunch of companies are there looking for these. This would be the ideal landing point, I think, to try to like have a format that can be inserted into one of those events. Yeah. So I would put that further down the list. Because everyone says that and then they get there and they, for instance, if they spend $5,000 on a booth and then six people walk past because there are thousands of other booths I see. and everyone's just waiting for that interesting talk to come on or, oh, do you know what? I'm going to catch up with my old boss at the coffee stand and they walk past you. Oh, what's this dance break? Cool. Thank you. And then they walk on and put that flyer, which you just spend hundreds of euros printing. So it can be a frustrating thing, but yes, as a participant, very interesting and you could be moving around seeking to partner with the companies that are on display there. Absolutely. I'd be talking to them saying, can I come on your podcast? Can we do a session together? If they have a mailing list of 5,000 customers, clients, I'm going to do a free session for your group. You know, you, you put this out to your mailing list. So Bamboo HR is an HR software that manages employee leave and all that kind of stuff. I use them because they've been on my podcast. But if you said to them, if you would like, I can do a special Bamboo HR dance break session. You can offer it. Normally it's X dollars or X euros or whatever. But for you, just for if we do it together, I'm going to do it for free. People will love it. They'll thank Bamboo HR. And of course, yeah, my brand gets out there, but you need to have a cool offer, or a really mm-hmm. attractive lure. And that's where I would be focusing on for the next bit is speaking to every HR person I could and say, what's a crazy offer? I think that should be where you start. What's a crazy offer? Not just an offer, not just a foot in the door thing, but something that they go, that's awesome. So wait. So you create a sales page for the crazy offer, not for dance break, not for the subscription, just this one page. And it's just describes their pain points. So I, I do, you know, problem agitate solve. So the pain points you've, again, it depends who you're writing to, but I'm guessing it's the HR people who, cause you're trying to get onto their health and wellness budget. But if you're, um, managing all sorts of employee issues, whether that's health and wellness remote, decreased morale, the great resignation, all of these problems are causing a perfect storm for you. You just need some sort of circuit breaker to get people back on track to revitalize. I could 
offer you this huge fancy yoga and health and wellness and desk massage service and all this kind of stuff, which takes all year long, or we can do something in one hour. And your people are going to come away. Not everyone's going to do it, but the people who turn up are just going to think this is amazing. They're going to thank you for it, et cetera. I don't know how you're going to write it, but they're the kinds of stuff. And you're just selling this one crazy offer. And last time we ran it for Continental Tires, you know, the people who sponsored the World Cup. So we ran it for them, but we're going to do it for you for this crazy offer price. I would start to test that. It might go horribly wrong, but I would rather start with something like that. If you see that when you make those 20 calls that you've done, suddenly 10 of them are interested in that because you're not pitching some ongoing heavy process that they've got to get by. It's just this one cool thing. And maybe it's paid, maybe it's not paid, but suddenly it's this one cool thing. And they go, I can sell that. I would look good to my boss. I would look good to my workforce. Mm -hmm. That's your job is to make them look good. Then you take that around to the HR conferences or to every HR podcast. Yes, 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 yes. You know, going from person to person, trying to get them interested in, I'm rambling, but what do you think? What are your thoughts? I really, I really like this because of the clarity of what to focus it on. It's all the benefits of what we're saying it is, but what what you're sort of showing me is how kind of a turnoff it is if the first thing I'm telling you is to commit to me forever and ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That we're gonna we're gonna dance together every week this many times, and so I think it's really it will be a nice next step to just focus and consolidate on this event, nothing more. Because you're going to like it so much, I know you're going to commit to wanting to do it five times a day for the rest of your life, but this event, and then I take that around to these 20 or 30 companies. Yeah, plus if you can get some of those things actually signed off, so you do have more of those events, then tell us about the data bit, because I I forgot to ask you about that, but you you get feedback on energy levels and things like that. That's right. We're assessing sort of something we call mental grogginess or how groggy the person is before and after fatigue and stress and even anxiety. So we we sort of see how anxious were you and certain movements will maybe make you more anxious, but a certain will make you less. And this also reflects back to us how we can customize it. So what is needed eventually, somebody needs more confidence, some need less confidence, some really is angry and has to go into a meeting, what kind of movement can get the anger out and then get you ready to go into the next meeting? Yeah, you've done this MBA, so you come from that sort of background. But I also noticed on the website, so if you're listening to this, check out the website, dancebreak.de, because the pictures, I think they're so clever. It's not in any costume. It's not any sportswear. It's in corporate gear. Yeah, people understand that this is um, everybody can move and everybody can benefit from from that feeling, connecting to your body. So for instance, just say you did create a new page on your website, whether it's hidden or whatever, or main page, but if it talks about these problems and agitate, so explains how those problems are driving them crazy on affecting the business and their reputation, et cetera, and then how you can solve it through this one-off special session, but dotted around this page will be some of those corporate looking images of the movement session. So a CFO you know, the cliched CFO, straight lace CFO looks at it and goes, oh, hang on. That's not what I thought this was going to be about. I thought it's going to be people dancing around a fire with bongos, but wait, <laughs> what? And then maybe some statistics from previous sessions on the data that you compiled, even in graph, chart, or core percentage number increase, you know, so energy boosted. We find typically that people went from 40% to 65% just in one session or graph, this, that, there. Anything that makes it look a little bit corporate because the dance people will get it. You don't need to sell to them. No. It's the uh, the naysayers that we're trying to convince here. And I think absolutely, yeah. you get that blend. If we can find that perfect offer and that positioning, then 
yeah, the, the next step would be those unpaid and paid marketing channels. So the unpaid would be get onto HR podcasts, try to team up with some other companies that have not necessarily the co-working spaces and stuff like that. I'd be looking for more for the corporates to try and get some of their. And if you can find someone who's on your side, some sort of HR leader as a sponsor who's in some of these groups to introduce you. So that's where that networking and going back to your HR, sorry, your MBA program and, and trying to make some connections. Hey, could you get me into that HR networking group to show this offer or whatever, then it's leveraging those things. I've gone on. I think you've done a brilliant job. So we can continue the conversation later. Is there any other things you want to discuss or share? No, this is super helpful to be at this point in, in trying to convert an, an idea that really just started out in the context of, of our business program. And now to try to run into these first hurdles, I think you've really given me some nice things to restructure. I, I do think probably, and you'd know way more than me, but my gut sort of says that the next step beyond that is trying to get the subscription so that you're one of the benefits that they offer because you're not going to get the full bell curve. You're going to get that top end right. and hopefully work your way into it. But if you're on that subscription model, then you can get more and more companies, but you need that sort of step in the door first. Yeah, that would be ideal. I'd love to get you back onto the show in the future and see how it's going. And off air, I'll you know make some introductions and try and get the word out there because I love what you're doing. And, and we haven't even gone into sort of the paid marketing stuff where you might wait till the, the various dancing TV shows come on so that you run Facebook ads specifically to HR leaders during that bit to leverage off some of that stuff, you know. So there's all sorts of cool stuff you can do, but let's get that crazy offer first, yeah. All right, well, Jason, thank you very much for sharing so openly about your story. And I really love what you created there and I wish you all the best with it. Thanks a lot, thank you. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.